we had that, that duet there, and Lila said, I'm going to be in charge of the music. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we love our young people. Pray God for greatest blessings upon them. As the Lord continues to bless our church family, we thank the Lord for what He's done for us and how He's provided. We just thank God for all His goodness. I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew in chapter 21. And while you're turning there, we once again want to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lightbrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just inside of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house. Here at Emmanuel, we pray God's blessing upon you. We do thank the Lord that you've also taken time to tune in to WGOH here, a portion of God's Word. This evening, this church is celebrating once again one of the most wonderful ordinances, I believe, that the Lord Jesus Christ gave His body, and that is the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. The ordinance of the Lord's Supper is that we may remember what our salvation actually cost. A lot of times you hear people talk about how free salvation is, but I believe people forget what it cost Jesus Christ. It cost Him everything so that we might have the salvation that He has promised to those whom the Father had given Him. In Matthew 21, I want, to, I want to come across a portion of Scripture here that by God's grace next Sunday is going to be complete opposite. Tonight, humble Redeemer King. Next Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about the conquering Redeemer, our Lord and Savior. There are two different aspects to the way that Jesus comes. And here today we're going to be looking at the meekness of Jesus Christ as He came. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 1, the Bible states, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon the ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Then he brought the ass and the colt and put them and put on them their clothes, and they, they set thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees, and strode them in the way. 
And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Again, I want to bring a message showing the humbleness and the meekness of Jesus Christ, the humble Redeemer King, our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father. Lord, as we bow before your throne this Lord's day, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, for your great salvation. We thank you for discuss this morning that even before the foundation of the world, thy son knew exactly who he was going to die for in a day yet coming. And Lord, I thank you, O God, for your power and your majesty. But I thank you for your son and the meekness and humbleness that he portrayed there before he went to the cross of Calvary. Lord, I pray that thy people today might look upon this man, the God. And Lord, they may take away a great lesson. Lord, I pray that you will help us to be reminded throughout the day of what it took to purchase our salvation. And Father, church family, to partake of the Lord's Supper. Lord, I pray that our minds and hearts will be clear. Lord, that we will have examined our own selves. And Father, I pray that this message today will help us to look and to see a Savior. Lord, I pray your blessings upon us. I'm praying, Lord, that this might be the day that you save lost souls in this house. Lord, I pray for a miracle in this place. I'm praying, dear God, that every lost soul may come to know Thee even now. As Lord and Savior, as the Redeemer who came from glory, who humbled Himself and made of Himself of no reputation, in meekness He came, willing to die in our place to pay our sin debt. Father, I pray that the lost may come to an understanding. Awaken them this morning, O God. Reveal unto them what needs to be revealed, that they're dead sinners without Jesus. Bring salvation today, Father, I pray, and forgive me my sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. The humble Redeemer King. Audience, our message today speaks to the meekness and the humbleness. It will speak to his kindness, even towards a hostile crowd of naysayers and unbelievers. It will speak to his authenticity, his genuineness, 
It will speak to his willingness to complete his Father's will. All along, as this meek Savior came upon the scene, I want you to notice what he was. First of all, he had authority to direct and manage the scene as he directed. In Matthew 21, 1 through 6, the Bible going on. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. Jesus is directing this very scene today. As you look at what is going on and you understand that Jesus Christ is setting the scene and He's what He really is, a meek and humble Savior. He states in verse 3, And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway He will send them. You see, that tells you again that this individual where these, where these donkeys were tied up at God had already directed in his heart to give, give them over because Jesus had a plan. Amen. Jesus had a plan today for the lives of, of each and every one of us that are saved by his amazing grace. You're here today and you don't now, but maybe, perhaps, the plan is that you would come to know him as Savior. That you was on his mind when he was thinking about this. You was was there in his mind as he was telling these these disciples to go and get this donkey. There's a guy out there and he's going to give them right to you. Notice what he says here in verse 5. Or verse 4, it says, And all this was done that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion... Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and setting upon an ass, and the colt of a foe of an ass. We see here that Jesus Christ orchestrated every aspect of his redemptive work. Brother Jim brought this out this morning in his lesson. And folks, I want you to know something. There was nothing that caught Jesus Christ off guard. There was nothing that caught God off guard. God, the world, you think about what is going on here. And listen, as Jesus Christ came in, He knew that this donkey was going to be tied up over here. He knew He was going to be coming in, not on a charger. He will next Sunday when we look at it. But he was coming in in a, in a picture and a show of meekness upon a lowly donkey. And that's exactly where we're seeing this picture come from. This donkey is representing the poor and lowly. At that time, the, the poor people wouldn't have had a, a great horse, uh, you know, something to carry the burdens even greater. They would have only had something lowly like a little donkey. 
Jesus Christ was coming in showing himself to be that poor and meek spirit. He was as I as I was talking, uh, what was it a week or two ago on Sunday morning? Uh, the pauper who made me rich. You know, as I I preached that up down at Rollingsburg last week, and and I'm telling you, I was made to really really appreciate what Jesus Christ done for me. He left of heaven. He left all the riches of that his father's house could have had to come to this old sin-cursed earth to die for people like you and I. Folks, I don't know to know that Jesus Christ, the, the creator of all that is or ever was or ever will be, He left the very splendor of heaven. He left His Father's side to come down and to be humiliated in the, in the body and the flesh of man. Think about what he was, the God man. Think about to perform the, the redemptive act of his people. But no, he came in meek, meek and lowly. He wasn't, a, he wasn't this great assuming character that come in with with great might and, and uh, maybe as he looked he may, may not have looked as a man like Samson might have been but here was a man who was meek who was lowly who was humble can you imagine the humility that he endured as he left the very splendor of heaven to come down to us as I spoke Born in the side of a hill in an old animal manger, a damp and smelly place. There again you see the meekness of a Savior who came from glory. Jesus Christ is here organizing the situation so that the desired effect and outcome would be achieved. God had everything under control. Men today would look at him and said, man, he was the savior of mankind. He should have come in like a charger on a great stallion. No, he came in just the way that he wanted to. The way that he was intended to, to come in as a meek lamb. As a lamb that stood before his shearers was dumb. And that word dumb there does not mean messed up or, 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 or a weak mind. It means that he spoke not a word as he stood there. And we're going to see in just a moment as Jesus Christ stood before the crowds and as he, as he came into the city of Jerusalem, as he, as he came down the street, people were, were, were taking their clothes and they were taking palm leaves and laying them down in the street. Here was this meek and lowly Savior. In Matthew 21 and 4, the Bible might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. In Zechariah chapter 9, if you'll go over here for just a moment, Zechariah 9 and 9, notice what it says here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. 
Folks, I want you to know something. I believe that's what Jesus Christ was mentioning when he came in, when he was riding that donkey down the street. Hey, it's time to rejoice. Your redemptive son. Little, little fanfare was really going on because later on they would take him and they would crucify him. The very people that maybe were throwing the palm leaves down on the ground there and that were taking their as it come in not to raise any dust along the streetway. Think about it. Zechariah 9, 9, the Bible says again, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, upon the coat of a foal of an ass. Folks, I want you to know something. They knew everything that was going on. They had it right here in the Old Testament Scriptures. They knew everything that, that he was doing and what he was portraying himself to be. And he came in in a, in a show of meekness. And they still, they still would later refuse him. In Isaiah 62... Isaiah and chapter 62, verses 10, 11, and 12. Notice what it says here. Gates, prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones, lift up the standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold him and his work before him. Folks, I want you to know something. He knew exactly in his mind what he's getting ready to do. There was nothing that was going to take him by surprise when they came and got him at Gethsemane. Listen, I want you to know something. They didn't surprise our Lord. Our Savior was knowing everything that was going to happen to him. His work already saw everything that was going to happen. You know what? He went through it in hell. Physical pain was, was more than any human being could, could even imagine. But you know what the dregs of the cup was? I believe the dregs of the cup was not only that physical suffering. It was great. But I believe that when the moment that his father turned his back upon him, I believe that was the dregs that he was really dreading. The time of being without his father, the time of being alone, the time of putting our sins upon his shoulders. There the lamb slain before the foundation of the world gave his life for you and me. Folks, I don't know about you, but as I look at this one who was meek and lowly as he came in, the one legions of angels to deliver him off the cross. I thank God that he stayed on the cross. He paid my sin debt. You say, well, that's an awful thing to say, but listen, what for God's amazing grace. Had it not been for him staying on the cross of Calvary and where would I be? I would be on my way to a devil's hell if I wasn't already there. God's grace Listen, that amazing grace. We sing that song all the time. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Listen, there has never been a sound so sweet as the grace of Almighty God. When Jesus Christ bowed his head, it is finished. 
Folks, I want you to know something. The grace of God that brings about our salvation was placed upon an old rugged tree. And if you remember, the Bible speaks about the fact that they took his clothes off of him. You know what all he had? The only thing he had was a loincloth then. You know what the what the Bible teaches about about the the, the showing of the nakedness. It was that was the, just the thigh the, the thigh down to the the feet was a show of nakedness. And that, is a, that is a thing of shame to in the Old Testament days and New Testament early New Testament days. It was a sign of shame. He was humiliated. As he hang on the cross of Calvary and as they would spit upon his face, as they pulled the beard from his face, he was humiliated more than any man can ever take. Just like you and I, I wonder how many of us men could stand and sit there and watch somebody just spit all over us. I couldn't imagine that. But here our Savior in His meekness and in His humbleness. Listen, it wasn't a sign of weakness and I want you to really know that. Jesus Christ taking our punishment was not a sign of weakness. He willingly took every bit of it for you and me. You know what that was? That was the wrath of Almighty God being poured out upon His only Son. The wrath was being poured out upon his only son as he went through the scourgings and the mock trials all the way but in a show of meekness he continued on and willingly went on knowing who he was dying for and what he was dying for in John chapter 6 we understand that Jesus Christ was fulfilling his Father's will. Listen, what the Bible says here in John chapter 6 and verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then me, that of there again the predestination and election of God's true children you cannot deny it I know people today they hate this old doctrine they hate the doctrine listen I want you to know something when God me unto himself and listen, I want you to know something. Even if I was going uh, kicking and screaming, he was dragging me all along the way. Listen, I want you to know something. I never kicked and screamed back at him. You know what I'd done? I bowed my head in shame. Because and I knew that he had died to pay my sins. I knew he suffered to pay for me. As a man... There was a man that kept saying at the conference last week, he for me. But do you really grasp what that really means? Look at you and then look at the Savior. Folks, I want you to know something today that just that very fact that he would, he would give his life for me, I can't understand that. 
praise God that he gave his life for me because I couldn't have got it any other way. I couldn't have got it any other way. But he came to do his Father's will, which has sent me that all lose nothing, but should raise it up again to the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Folks, I don't know about you, but that humble Savior, that humble, that humble Redeemer King that came in on that, on that donkey that day, He came in in a, in a, in a show of meekness and humbleness. May God help us to see that. In verse 5 of our text of Matthew 21, again you see that He came in a, in a show of meekness. Here Jesus Christ appears before the masses as a meek and lowly one, coming not but in a show of humbleness he arrives upon a lonely donkey. As we look upon this scene, no doubt you would look at this one as an unassuming man, maybe even one who is not trying to put on airs, a meek and lowly individual. That's what our Savior was. In John chapter 12, Notice what it says here in these verses of Scripture. Beginning at verse 12, this again is another depiction of what we're dealing with here. And on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet Him and they cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when He had found a young ass and sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, thou cometh sitting upon the ass's coat. These things understood not His disciples at first. They didn't really get it, did they? They, they had Zechariah, or, or if they maybe they hadn't took time to read it, or whatever it may be. But listen, they didn't get it at first. They didn't quite understand. I believe that's the same thing that was going on with Peter. Taken away, you know, Peter. He probably did, he just didn't really get it at the time what was going on. He just probably figured it's another assault on their friend. It's just another to deal with. But I believe Peter kind of recognized the seriousness of it when he started going through the trials and he sat outside. He could see and hear everything that was going on. Yeah, I'd say he understood what was going on because he began to fear for his own life and he began to not deny that he even knew Jesus. So much. Can you just imagine? Here was this lonely Redeemer King coming in, and now all of his subjects were starting to. I don't know this guy, I don't know what he's doing. Folks, I want you to think about it. He was left all alone. He was left to fend for himself, so to speak. The Bible this time that was going on. Verse 19, the Bible says, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how 
ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. Jesus Christ was coming as an innocent one, the lowly of heart one, the compassionate one. In Matthew 26, verse 57, all the way down through verse 68, you see what Jesus Christ went through for us. Here the very Son of God went through the went through might have life. That you and I might be saved. You think about the scene of the crucifixion. At this scene, Jesus Christ is you see right before when he's brought before Caiaphas. They began to bring accusation against him. Here was this meek and lowly one. You know what he done? He didn't fight back, did he? He didn't offer words of defense at all. All he done was stood there. When they began to accuse him, what would you and I do? I mean, you know what we would do. We would definitely begin to speak out against what was going on but Jesus Christ just stood there he stood there and he took every accusation without trying to defend himself he knew he had a job he knew that he had a, he, had, he had something to do to fulfill his father's will he held his peace the Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 7 again, I go back here, I, I, just, I just read this, I know a couple of weeks ago, but I want to look at it again, verse 7. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. This is that meek Savior. This is that humble Son of God. He is brought and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He never spoke a word. Matthew 27, 11 through 14 speaks about that, about all this. But you think about how he was humbled. The Bible verse 27. In Matthew 27, 27, this is being said here. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus to the common hall and they gathered unto him a whole band of soldiers. There's about four to six hundred men there. That's what a band of soldiers consists of in the Roman army. Four to six hundred men that were gathered around for this one little meek and lowly Man, they hated him, didn't they? I mean, they despised him. They wanted to, they wanted to stop him in the ground so deep that he'd never come forth. Four to six hundred men against one meek and humble, lowly man riding upon a donkey. You talk about overkill. But you know what? Like Brother Jim said, the devil wanted to make sure he would put him out for good. But you know what? <laughs> the devil failed. The devil lost. Listen, when Jesus Christ come out of that grave, 
And he knows now that he has no chance because he couldn't keep the dead man dead. Amen. He couldn't keep the dead man dead. He came up out of the grave on the third day so you and I might have life. So that you and I could be saved by His amazing grace. Yes, they stripped Him. They planted a crown of thorns and put on Him. They put a, a they they grabbed an old stick. It is a, just an old reed like you have down here. You know these old reeds down here by Sister Alice's home. Listen, them old them old reeds, they, them things. And buddy, I tell you what, you watch these boys have sword fights with them. They hurt. <laughs> I'm telling you, they would take that reed and they would drive that crown of thorns down over his brow. Can you just imagine? And then as they would step back and they would fall on their knees and they would say. Hey, That humble man just stood there, didn't he? With his voice, could have wiped them all off the face of the earth. With just his breath, he could have took every one of them's lives. With just an inhale, breath right out of their lungs. But he willingly went there and stood there for you and I. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Redeemer we have. What a redeemer. But I don't want you to stop thinking about him. I want you to see him with that crown of thorns on his head and as they stripped him down and put him on a, a purple robe, I want you to think about that whipped back. I want you to think about that, that body that had been brutally assaulted. And they, and they, and they made fun of him mockingly as they they said, Hell, King of the Jews, and then they did what? The Bible says they spit upon him. Right in his face. Folks, I'll tell you, there stood a humble Savior, the Redeemer King. At this scene, Jesus Christ is brought before Caiaphas, and as they begin to question him, the Bible declares that he held his peace. Then he was humbled beyond measure. Oh, how our Redeemer King has been humiliated. His dignity was removed far from him. But Jesus Christ ever remained the one of humility. Oh, may God's people resemble their Redeemer here. Now thirdly, I want you to look at this. I want you to notice the crowd still announced him as the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. They cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest. They announced him as the one of authority. But who would be their rescuer? John chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 the Bible says it came unto his own but his own received him not but as many as received him to them you and I gave he power to become the sons of God. You go back and you think about Matthew 27 20 through 26 listen this mob little did this mob know but this truly was the Son of God, the one that was set forth to be their Savior, their Redeemer King. 
But they refused him and turned their backs upon him. Matthew 27 and verse 54, there the centurion made this statement, and I want you to think about this. The earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Now, can you imagine the most powerful being that there ever was or ever will be? He stood there in the moment of meekness and humbleness. May God help us to see that. When you partake of that Lord's Supper tonight, I want you to see your humble King as He was humiliated, as He was humbled beyond measure, as His dignity was stripped from Him. his life that you might have life so lastly as I think about this this was the innocent for the guilty Matthew 27 and 22 down through verse 26 Pilate saith unto them what shall I do with Jesus which is called Christ they said and let him be crucified and the God evil hath he done here stood an innocent man and even he knew that he was innocent but they cried out the more saying let him be crucified and when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing but rather a tumult was made he took one saying I am innocent of the blood of this just person see you to it listen I want you to know something that water didn't cleanse him at all I want you to remember that. He didn't wash his hands in innocency. I can't already say that word. But I want you to know he wasn't an innocent man. Here was the very one who could have changed the whole God allowed it. But God, God had other plans, folks. Jesus Christ following out his Father's will. Jesus Christ knew that he came to die for every lost soul that has been saved by God's amazing grace in here today. And maybe prayerfully, there's others in this house today that he died for. That's what I'm praying for. You know, I'm praying for every lost soul that comes into these doors. I'm praying God saves your soul. And I'm never going to quit praying for that, folks. I'm praying that you're one of those lost sheep is what I'm praying. That he grabs you up of the neck and pulls you out of that cesspool of sin and saves you by his never dying grace. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer King, came to take our place. He died the meek one, the humble one, the innocent one, he took our due punishment. John 3 and verse 36. I want you to listen to this real quick now. We're getting ready to come to a close here. John 3 and verse 36, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Folks, I want you to know something. I don't know about you, but I know I cannot handle the wrath of God. 
Now Jesus Christ took it. And here is the God-man. <laughs> here is the creator of all that is, was, or ever will be. Here is the great... And let me tell you something. When God poured out His wrath upon him, when he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, I just say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know why he forsook him? Because upon that cross, upon that hour, he began to pay my sins. His, his pure body, that innocent body that went to the cross, the innocent blood and, and body that was hanging on the cross, those first three hours, I want you to know something. There, but when that moment of darkness came over, his body took my sins upon his shoulders. You want to know why? Because your sins and my sins was placed upon him. There, he paid that awful sin debt all alone. All by himself. And there he suffered the wrath of Almighty God, his Father. God upon his Son the He for us. Romans in chapter 5, I believe is where I want to go. Romans in chapter 5. Notice what it says here in verse 8. But God, listen, I love those two words. But God, had it not been for that, I would still be on my way to a devil's hell. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that took? That took love, folks. That took the meekness of the greatest of all there was or is. It took Him being our place. So as I come to a close, I want you to think about what verse 23 says in Romans 6. For the wages of sin is death. You know what? Jesus Christ, the humble King, the Redeemer King, He took that wage on Himself. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now folks, I want you to know something. This was a, had it not been for this meek, humble and lowly man every one of us would still be on our way to a devil's hell you say well here he is he's the, he's the king of the universe he's the great I am you know what next Sunday you're going to see him just like that the great I am you're going to see him coming winding up right you're going to see him coming in power. You're going to see him coming as a conquering king. You're going to see him like I'm afraid so many in this world's going to see him. 
the great defeater of sin. May God help us. May God save souls. And may God save in this house today. Let's all stand please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that your Son came and died on the cross of Calvary to pay our sin debt. Lord, I know I didn't deserve it. There's nothing I could have ever done to deserve the grace that was imparted unto me. But through the meekness of my Son, the humbleness of a loving Savior, the willingness of an honorable son. He died in my place to take my place. Lord, I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for the Lamb of God that gave himself for me. For the meekness of the Redeemer King. May God, I pray, may you bless this house. Save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come.